Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. Paradise Lost by John Milton Book 11, Lines 423-682 through 682. The Archangel Michael, speaking to Adam, reveals both the consequences of sin and hope for the future of his children. Adam, now open thine eyes, and first behold the effects which thy original crime hath wrought in some to spring from thee, who never touched the accepted tree, nor with the snake conspired, nor sinned thy sin, yet from that sin derive corruption, to bring forth more violent deeds. His eyes he opened, and beheld a field, part arable and tilth, whereon were sheaves new-reaped, the other part sheep-walks and folds. In the midst an altar, as the landmark stood, rustic, of grassy sword. Thither anon a sweaty reaper from his tillage brought first fruits, the green ear and the yellow sheaf, unculled, as came to hand. A shepherd next, more meek, came with the firstlings of his flock, choicest and best. Then, sacrificing, laid the inwards and their fat with incense strode on the cleft wood, and all due rites performed. His offering soon propitious fire from heaven consumed with nimble glance and grateful steam. The others not, for his was not sincere, whereat he inly raged, and, as they talked, smote him in the midriff with a stone that beat out life. He fell and deadly pale groaned out his soul with gushing blood effused. Much at that sight was Adam in his heart dismayed, and thus in haste to the angel cried, O teacher, some great mischief hath befallen to that meek man who well had sacrificed. Is piety thus, and pure devotion paid? To whom Michael thus he also moved, replied, these two are brethren, Adam, and to come out of thy loins. The unjust, the just, hath slain, for envy that his brother's offering found from heaven acceptance. But the bloody fact will be avenged, and the other's faith approved. Lose no reward, though here thou see him die, rolling in dust and gore. To which our sire, Alas! both for the deed and for the cause. But have I now seen death? Is this the way I must return to native dust? O oh, sight of terror, foul and ugly to behold, horrid to think, how horrible to feel! To whom thus, Michael, death thou hast seen in his first shape on man, but many shapes of death and many are the ways that lead to his grim cave. All dismal, yet to sense more terrible at the entrance than within. Some, as thou sawest, by violent stroke shall die. By fire, flood, famine, by intemperance more in meats and drinks, while on the earth shall bring diseases dire, of which a monstrous crew before thee shall appear, that thou mayest know what misery the inabstinence of Eve shall bring on men.
Immediately a place before his eyes appeared, sad, noisome, dark. A Lazar house, it seemed, wherein were laid numbers of all diseased, all maladies of ghastly spasm or racking torture, qualms of heart-sick agony, all feverous kinds, convulsions, epilepsies, fierce catars, intestine stone and ulcer, colic pangs, demoniac frenzy, moping melancholy, and moonstruck madness, pining, atrophy, marasmus, and wide-wasting pestilence, dropsies and asthmas, and joint-racking rooms. Dire was the tossing, deep the groans. Despair tended the sick, busiest from couch to couch, and over them triumphant death, his dart shook, but delayed to strike, though oft invoked with vows as their chief good and final hope. Sight so deform, what heart of rock could long dry-eyed be held? Adam could not, but wept, though not of woman born. Compassion quelled his best of man, and gave him up to tears a space, till firmer thoughts restrained excess, and, scarce recovering words, his plaint renewed. O miserable mankind, to what fall degraded! To what wretched state reserved! Better end here, unborn! Why is life given to be thus wrested from us? Rather, why obtruded on us thus, who, if we knew what we receive, would either not accept life offered, or soon beg to lay it down, glad to be so dismissed in peace? Can thus the image of God in man, created once so goodly and erect, though faulty since, to such unsightly sufferings be debased under inhuman pains? Why should not man, retaining still divine similitude in part, from such deformities be free, and, for his Maker's image sake, exempt? Their Maker's image, answered Michael, then forsook them, when themselves they vilified to serve ungoverned appetite and took his image whom they served, a brutish vice, inductive mainly to the sin of Eve. Therefore, so abject is their punishment, disfiguring not God's likeness, but their own, or if his likeness by themselves defaced, while they pervert pure nature's healthful rules to loathsome sickness. Worthily, since they, God's image, did not reverence, in themselves. I yield it just, said Adam, and submit. But is there yet no other way besides these painful passages, how we may come to death and mix with our connatural dust? There is, said Michael, if thou well observe the rule of not too much, by temperance taught in what thou eatest and drinkest, seeking from thence due nourishment, not gluttonous delight, till many years over thy head return. So mayest thou live, till, like ripe fruit, thou drop into thy mother's lap, or be with ease gathered, not harshly plucked. For death mature, this is old age. But then, thou must outlive thy youth, thy strength, thy beauty, which will change to withered, weak, and gray. 
Thy senses then obtuse, all taste of pleasure must forego to what thou hast. And for the air of youth, hopeful and cheerful, in thy blood will reign a melancholy damp of cold and dry, to weigh thy spirits down, and last consume the balm of life. To whom our ancestor, henceforth I fly not, death, nor would prolong life much. Bent, rather, how I may be quit, fairest and easiest, of this cumbrous charge, which I must keep till my appointed day of rendering up, and patiently attend my dissolution. Michael replied, Nor love thy life, nor hate, but what thou livest, live well. How long or short, permit to heaven. And now prepare thee for another sight. He looked, and saw a spacious plain, whereon were tents of various hue, by some were herds of cattle grazing. Others, whence the sound of instruments that made melodious chime was heard, of harp and organ, and who moved their stops and chords was seen. His volant touch, instinct through all proportions, low and high, fled and pursued transverse the resonant fugue. In other part stood one who, at the forge laboring, two massy clods of iron and brass had melted. Whether found where casual fire had wasted woods on mountain or in vale, down to the veins of earth, thence gliding hot to some cave's mouth, or whether washed by stream from underground. The liquid ore he drained into fit molds prepared, from which he formed first his own tools. Then, what might else be wrought, fusile or graven in metal? After these, but on the hither side, a different sort from the high neighboring hill, which was their seat, down to the plain descended. By their guise, just men they seemed, and all their study bent to worship God aright, and know his works not hid. Nor those things last which might preserve freedom and peace to men. They on the plain long had not walked, when from the tents, behold, a bevy of fair women, richly gay in gems and wanton dress. To the harp they sung soft amorous ditties, and in dance came on. The men, though grave, eyed them, and let their eyes rove without rain, till, in the amorous net fast caught, they liked, and each his liking chose. And now of love they treat, till the evening star, love's harbinger, appeared, then, all in heat, they light the nuptial torch, and bid invoke Hymen, then first to marriage rites invoked. With feast and music all the tents resound. Such happy interview, and fair event of love and youth not lost, songs, garlands, flowers, and charming symphonies, attach the heart of Adam, soon inclined to admit delight, the bent of nature, which he thus expressed. True opener of mine eyes, prime angel blessed, much better seems this vision, and more hope of peaceful days portends than those two past. Those were of hate and death, or pain much worse. Here nature seems fulfilled in all her ends. To whom thus, Michael, judge not what is best by pleasure, though to nature seeming meet. Created as thou art, 
to nobler end, holy and pure, conformity divine. Those tents thou sawest so pleasant were the tents of wickedness. Wherein shall dwell his race who slew his brother? Studious they appear of arts that polish life, inventors rare, unmindful of their maker, though his spirit taught them, but they his gifts acknowledged none. Yet they a beauteous offspring shall beget, for that fair female troop thou sawest, that seemed of goddesses, so blithe, so smooth, so gay, yet empty of all good wherein consists woman's domestic honor and chief praise, bread only, and completed to the taste of lustful appetence, to sing, to dance, to dress, and troll the tongue and roll the eye. To these that sober race of men, whose lives religious titled them the sons of God, shall yield up all their virtue, all their fame ignobly, to the trains and to the smiles of these fair atheists, and now swim in joy, ere long to swim at large, and laugh, for which the world ere long a world of tears must weep. To whom thus Adam, of short joy bereft, O oh, pity and shame that they who to live well entered so fair, should turn aside to tread paths indirect, or in the midway faint. But still I see the tenor of man's woe holds on the same, from woman to begin. From man's effeminate slackness it begins, said the angel, who should better hold his place by wisdom and superior gifts receive. But now prepare thee for another scene. He looked, and saw wide territory spread before him, towns, and rural works between, cities of men with lofty gates and towers, concourse in arms, fierce faces threatening war, giants of mighty bone and bold emprise, part wield their arms, part curb the foaming steed, single or in array of battle ranged both horse and foot, nor idly mustering stood. One way a band select from forage drives a herd of beeves, fair oxen and fair kine, from a fat meadow ground. Or fleecy flock, ewes and their bleating lambs over the plain their booty. Scarce with life the shepherds fly, but call in aid, which makes a bloody fray. With cruel tournaments the squadrons join, where cattle pastured late, now scattered lies with carcasses and arms the ensanguined field deserted. Others to a city strong lay siege, encamped, by battery, scale, and mine assaulting. Others from the wall defend with dart and javelin, stones and sulfurous fire. On each hand slaughter and gigantic deeds. In other parts the sceptred heralds call to council in the city gates. Anon gray-headed men and grave with warriors mixed assemble, and harangues are heard, but soon in factious opposition, till at last of middle age one rising, eminent in wise deport, spake much of right and wrong, of justice or religion, truth and peace and judgment from above. Him old and young exploded, and had seized with violent hands, had not a cloud descending snatched him thence, unseen amid the throng. So violence proceeded, and oppression and sword-law through all the plain, and refuge none was found. 
Adam was all in tears, and to his guide lamenting turned full sad. Oh, what are these? Death's ministers, not men, who thus deal death inhumanly to men, and multiply ten thousandfold the sin of him who slew his brother. For of whom such massacre make they, but of their brethren, men of men? But who was that just man, whom had not heaven rescued, had in his righteousness been lost? Tis the gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, twill be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right.